When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have a little bit of a different episode today. We're doing what I'm calling a State of the Housewives Union with a very special guest, someone who is a legend in the Housewives universe. He's a producer extraordinaire, a host of Reality with the King, the new podcast. He also has a new late night talk show on OWN that's coming soon. Carlos King. Carlos, how are you? I'm so excited to talk to you, Danny. I'm great. Happy Monday. You're doing it all right now. Are you tired? You know what's so funny? I am such a workhorse. I love to work. Everything that's happening in my life right now from, you know, my company, Kingdom Rant Entertainment, to my podcast, Reality with the King, to my late night talk show, The Nightcap with Carlos King, it's all the things I dreamt of since I was a little gay boy in Detroit, Michigan. So, you know, all of my dreams are coming true. And as busy as I am, <clears throat> and sometimes I'm a little tired, but I'm so grateful and thankful because I love what I do. Yeah. And one of the shows you're producing, you're uh, doing a spinoff of Love and Marriage, uh, Love and Marriage DC, and it's going to have Monique and Chris from Potomac Housewives on. What was it like working with Monique and Chris? Danny. So... Love and Marriage DC premieres Saturday, May 14th at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And Danny, if you are a fan of Potomac and if your listeners are fans of Potomac, Monique and Chris Samuels are showing you a side of their marriage you have never seen before. Really? It is 10 delicious episodes. It starts off with this inside information about where they are in their marriage at that moment. Okay. And the first episode culminates with that as well. It's juicy. And I'm not just saying it because it's my show. I will be honest with you and be like, it's okay. No, Danny, Chris and Monique are bringing it and so are the other couples. But again, if you're a fan of Monique Samuels, buckle up. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. I'm curious to you, what makes a good reality star? I mean, you know better than anyone. And if people don't know, people who are listening, you've produced some of the greatest housewives stuff of all time. You were there for New Jersey, the early seasons with the table flip. You were there for Atlanta. I mean, you've been uh, involved in a lot of the good stuff. And so I wonder, as an expert, what makes a good reality star? What makes a good reality star is someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. If you decide to put your life in front of the camera for the world to see, then you have this level of showmanship and you understand that in order for the world to be entertained by my life, I have to show you my life. The worst reality stars are the ones who take themselves too seriously. They're the ones who believe everything is about them in a way that isn't as interesting as they may think it is. 
We like housewives and reality stars who poke fun at themselves. They're self-deprecating. They are over the top, right? right? They do have a high level of confidence. All those things makes a great reality star. And that's what I look for when I'm casting for my shows. So when I met Monique, I was a fan of Monique on Potomac. I always felt she was undervalued and underused, to be mm. honest with you. So Love and Marriage DC is an opportunity for Monique to lead the charge. And Danny, she does it like no other. Oh my God. I'm excited. Wait. So I'm curious actually, like as a producer, because one of the things that I've been pretty critical about when it comes to housewives is I think in the later seasons, we've started to do a lot of these editing tricks. And what I mean is I, I, I don't think you finished orange County the last season, but at the end of the season, there was this music video thing, right? It was, yeah, right. Carlos, it was, you're making a face because it was terrible. <laughs> oh gosh. But, but they've done, they've sort of leaned into that. And it's not just Housewives on Vanderpump Rules. The example I, I give is like they do a, a sitcom opening or, or they did a funeral for Tom Schwartz's lizard. And it's like these editing tricks. And, and in my opinion, I sort of like when we're laughing at these people. Uh, just being themselves. I don't like when we kind of try to do too much of that, but I'm wondering, what do you think of those editing tricks or, or, or sort of leaning into the kitschiness of these shows when it comes to like music, you're shaking your head. Tell me. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it's funny because one thing I've realized being active on Twitter, because I like to see what the audience is thinking about certain shows and moments. Um, and that's when I realized, okay, Twitter is not the real world in, in terms of it does not represent the vast audience. Right. So my example in saying that is Real Housewives of Potomac last season is when Giselle and Robin had a reasonable shady event at um, Giselle's house. The and driveway. Karen just got vaccinated. <laughs> right, the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> we were yes. like in the garage. We were garage adjacent. <laughs> We were on her, her property, somewhere on her property. And Karen just got vaccinated and she was feeling a little woozy. And the editing choices was playing along with her wooziness and these tricks with the cameras and the angles. And I remember watching it in real time, like you're taking away from the real moment in real time. But the, the Twitter people loved it. And I was like, well, maybe I'm an old man, but I did not think that was funny. I I don't like it when it's that moment. I didn't like on Potomac when Giselle and and um, Karen were having a sit down lunch and the mind came and was doing because mm. I go I go to the moment of, well, how did he know they were at this location? Mm. How did he know that was Giselle and Karen? So I like the old days of reality where you follow what really happened. And I think what's going into reality that I do not like is when you're making fun of these real moments in a very caricature way or when you're adding stupid elements to a scene that doesn't need it. To me, it cheapens the show. Right. And it's interesting you mentioned that thing about Twitter because... One of the things I, I often talk to my, my older brothers, I have two older brothers. They watched a lot of these shows with their wives. They like Vanderpump rules, but they don't, they're not online. They don't do social media or anything like that. And sometimes on these shows, I think they play to the, 
the people like us a little bit. And so it's like, I'll talk to them and they'll have no fucking clue of like what they're like, what happened to these cast members? They get so confused by not only the editing tricks, but like they get confused because sometimes the shows don't cover the reality enough for that audience. I don't know if I'm making sense. Am I making No, you're sense? making no no, you're making sense to me. I will say okay. this as a reality TV executive producer, right? I produce shows for an audience, a vast audience. And the reason why I've had early success when I did the first two seasons of New Jersey Housewives, The Table Flip, Danielle Style being chased down the so country good. club, so good. me doing nine seasons of Atlanta Housewives, the glory years of that show where you saw real moments, real arguments, but also like real funny moments. Me and Kenya Moore were talking yesterday and we were reminiscing on the Savannah trip that the girls went on season six. And we brought that up, Danny, because we were both reminiscing on how authentic those friendships were and how that was a three episode trip that had no drama and was full of comedy and it was highly rated. That's what the world wants to see. They want to feel like they're flies on the wall when it comes to these moments. So when you cheapen the show by using editorial tricks or when you cheapen the show by not allowing the reality to happen because you you remove somebody from the show because they may have said something that was, um, you know, whether it was unpopular or whatever the case may be, I'm not here to judge. Um, I always tell people, I like to see the reality of what happens when that person is faced by the cast with that controversy. And if you want to fire them after that, fine, but at least let us see the process. And I think that's what's missing too. Uh, What do you make of the state of Atlanta? I mean, as of this recording, they just had their premiere. Um, So we've just seen one episode and to me, Atlanta, I, I was saying this too. I feel like they're always funny. Like they give, they're good at their jobs. Even when the season's bad, I can get something out of the episodes. Whereas when I watch something like Orange County, when they're bad, it's, there's nothing for me. Right. To, there's nothing. There's no comedy. There's no nothing. Um, right. So what are you thinking of this cast? Do you feel like it's a good cast? Where are we at? So look, I did watch the first episode. I thought it was a good first episode. Um, I, We'll say this to you. The glory days of Atlanta Housewives is gone. You will never be able to repeat that magic that happened before season nine. And and I'm not just saying that because my last season producing the show was season nine. I'm not saying it about me. But if you look at seasons one through nine, if you are a true Real Housewives of Atlanta fan, those were the glory days, the glory years of that show. It was rooted in authenticity. It was rooted in reality. Even the destruction of Nene and Kim's friendship. You cared about it. Mm -hmm. You cared about it in a way because you enjoyed those organic moments. You cared about Candy and Phaedra friendship falling apart because you were invested in it. You cared about Kenya navigating through life, wanting to be a mother and having these troubled relationships because you were rooting for her to finally find Mr. Right. And I feel like after watching the premiere, it's, it's definitely a new season. And I don't think that's a bad thing. 
what I do think, though, Danny, is now we have to figure out, okay, what is this show now without the glory girls, I would say, and how can we make it interesting? And and, and you can do it because to me, I look at Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, to me, is the best franchise right now because they did a good job at making sure their transition phases of that show um, worked out to where you get to enjoy this new world of 90210, but it's still so good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Beverly Hills has not been better than ever. And, and I love it so much. Yeah, I, I'm loving Beverly Hills too. I think what one of the things w- with these casts, I know in early seasons, if you're starting a show like Love and Marriage DC, you can cast the full show for chemistry. And over the years with Housewives, we're like taking people out and putting people in. And then we don't have that original formula. We're so far removed from the original formula. And I wonder, I'm just an onlooker, but I wonder as a producer, it, it almost seems like an impossible task because you're trying to plug people in with the people you originally casted with other people. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And, and, and listen, it's, it's very challenging to do because, you know, when you are a producer and you start off season one with this particular cast, right? And you kind of see who's a star, who isn't, who's um, vulnerable, who's not. Obviously, if a person isn't being as authentic as you want them to be, it is time for removal. But you have to replace them with somebody who is truly authentic in that world Mm -hmm. and truly have authentic friendships. And I think Beverly Hills does it so wonderfully because when Lisa Renner came on, she was friends with Kyle and with Mm -hmm. Lisa Vanderpump, it made sense. Same with Garcelle. It made sense. The rich history between her and Denise Richards and Lisa Renner. Um, The show works best when you replace somebody that would organically hang out with these women or organically be introduced in this circle. And that's why Beverly Hills works. It took Jersey a minute. Yeah. We got the same comparison because you had March and Jackie and Aiden. And it was sort of like, how does it work? And the reason why Jersey is having this great season now is because I think March, Jackie and Jen has been off like four years so at that point, it is real friendship. Now we Melissa, have history. Melissa hangs out with Marge off camera. So that's why that show works now. But in the beginning, it was hard to watch. So yeah. long story short, um, the do you intention... Keep, do, you, do you keep... I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you, If you're producing, do you keep the same Jersey cast again? Because we're still... Or do you just pluck someone in there? What do you do? So this is what's interesting about New Jersey right now. Teresa is on an island. Um, I don't think this is controversial to say, but we all know Dolores is on the show because of Teresa. Yeah. I, I think we know that because Teresa needs an ally. Um, and I don't even think that I think Dolores at this point, I'm not even sure that she is a real ally of Teresa. I think she was for a while, but now I'm watching Dolores and I'm like, Dolores is even over it, but she's still sort of playing that role or trying, but you can almost see it's like pulling teeth. I feel like producers are like, okay, Dolores, like you got to be on Teresa's side. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard. So I think because Teresa is on an island, 
she needs an ally, you know? And that's why it was nice when Danielle came back because it was a very interesting alliance. And I was sad to see Danielle go. Um, Listen, I would love for them to bring back Jacqueline Larita. I would love for them to bring back Caroline Manzo. I think the show worked best when it was rooted deep in friendships and family dynamic. And the most challenging thing about a show that's been on as long as Jersey is when you can tell in real life, some of these women do not hang out with each other. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be hard for me to believe that Teresa and Marge would be in the same room if it wasn't for the cameras. Right. Uh, I got to move over to New York. Okay. New York, we're splitting it into two. It was announced there's going to be a new series with a brand new cast. Then there's going to be the legacy series on your podcast. You had a great interview with Ebony K Williams, which was fantastic. I encourage everyone to go listen to it. Uh, and subscribe to your podcast because it's so good. I mean, you talk a lot about how so you have great interviews. It's fantastic. So subscribe. Thank you. Um, but what do you do with New York? Do you think there's even a place for Leah and Ebony in either of the series? I I think you were saying on your show, you'd be interested in having Ebony in the new group of women and then having the legacy cast be the Luann's and, and Sonia's. Exactly. I don't see a place for for Leah. I I, yeah. I I I just don't. I enjoyed Leah her first season because she was a breath of fresh air, and I think the underrated Queen Tinsley. Um, I, I love Tinsley. Me too. Tinsley made Leah likable uh, because you enjoy the dynamic of their friendship. Mm. And then the moment um, Tinsley left to go to Chicago in the middle of that season and Leah was off with the Golden Girls, it was sort of like what's happening. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. So listen, I think a new reboot of New York can work. I, I think it's interesting to see Ebony um, be a part of a diverse group of women. Um, real friendships that she has and a real connection with the other cast members. Um, And as much as I enjoyed Leah, I personally just don't think Leah works anymore. And I think um, she had a good run. Well, it's, yeah, I don't think she fits in with the legacy unless there's a Tinsley there. I think if there, if maybe Tinsley was in that legacy cast, maybe that that could work, but then it's like, we're just sort of recreating season 12 or something. Yeah, uh, I want Bethany, Luann, Ramona, Jill. I want Kelly Benson, but Bethany wants Alice McCord, and I'm fine with that too. Oh, yeah. No Dorinda, Carlos. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Dorinda. Okay, Thank we need Danny. Dorinda. I love, we, I love Dorinda. She's so good. Why do you think they got rid of Dorinda? What's, what was the reason? You know what's so funny? I've heard so many rumors about that. I heard she said something bad about Tinsley's man um, that he didn't like and he was going to like do something. I I heard that. Um, I heard that Dorinda needed a break um, based upon the finale of that season where she broke the fourth wall, which I thought was great television. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I love Dorinda. Again, you can't let someone go because of anything personal or because of what Twitter is saying about them. Mm-hmm. Losing Dorinda was the worst decision to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So who do you, okay. So that was your legacy cast. Do you think Bethany, she's not ever going to come back. You don't think, or well, so I don't know about you, Danny, but I do listen to Bethany's podcast sometimes. Um, I like it when she rants about housewives, the other stuff. No, thank you. But (laughs) she talked about the legacy and out of her own mouth, she said something along the lines of she will only consider it if it's the original Fab Five from season one. Um, and she did say that she threw out a number. I'm thinking five million. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. Um, and I think she's worth every penny. I, I I think New York works best with Bethany because every show needs a force multiplier. What I'm explain, explain this force multiplier <laughs> to our listeners. I know what it is from your podcast, yes. but yeah. Okay. So um, Ebony K. Williams explained to me, because I will always call this person the queen bee, but no woman wants to hear that another woman is a queen bee. So that's right. that. So Ebony said a coach, a sports coach, I think football, <laughs> said to her, um, you always need, every team needs a force multiplier. And what a force multiplier is, is a person who is sort of like the leader that can rally the troops, get everyone on, on the same accord to do the best for the team. And in New York's case, that to me would be Bethany Franco. I think Bethany Franco understands how to poke each cast member, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, um, because that's her world. And mm-hmm. she's such a good uncredited producer that New York is at its best with Bethany. Yeah. And every time Bethany is not on the show, to me, the show isn't as good. And I think Bethany uh, is best on an ensemble. I don't need to see a, a spinoff of Bethany or her, I mean, that business show that she had. She works best, I think, when she's able to react to the craziness around her in in which that is a, a, an ensemble like Roni. And I actually think a Carol is underrated in the fact that yes. sometimes I watch these women and be, because a lot of the, the, I, uh, the um, qualities of a housewife is, is narcissistic. Oftentimes I'm seeing people in scenes and Carol used to be in scenes and would ask the other women questions to kind of get things moving forward. And sometimes I watch and it's like, no one's asking anyone anything. So we're just sort of stalling on New York. That's a very good point. And it's like Carol was it seemed genuinely sort of interested in, and oftentimes her storyline might get a little lost because she was asking Ramona about this or that. And I think that's an underrated quality of a housewife. And you can't have someone boring, but I think. No, you know. and I don't think Carol was ever. Bo- Listen, I don't think Carol's boring. I think Carol is underrated. What you said makes a lot of sense because she's a journalist. So she understands the five, you know, (laughs) use of journalism. And she's such a great addition on that show because, listen, not everybody needs to be on a on a hundred. You always need that one person who sort of is like the Kyle Richards, the Candy Burris. You know, you need somebody who sort of is able to drive the engine by Mm -hmm. being the peacemaker or the middleman. And I thought Kara was great as that person. And when she and Bethany fell out, that season, Danny, was, was one of so the good. best New York yeah. seasons. Because yeah. Carol, Carol was the only person that shook Bethany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like, 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 like truly Bethany shook her. Was, yeah. Oh, Bethany was, uh, was bothered by Carol. Cause oh, yeah. Carol is a smart wordsmith. Right. Because anytime Bethany would go up against like Luann or Ramona, I mean, it's no contest. It's like Bethany's much smarter than uh, those, those women, not to, you mean um who else do you think is underrated like is there a housewife in the history of this franchise any city where you're like oh they didn't get a fair shot or they are better than we've we saw or i'd like to bring them back because there's something else to them claudia jordan from atlanta housewives carlos what happened there i know that was in in dave quinn's book which is excellent not all diamonds and rosé we it, it was sort of um implied that even nini understood how good Claudia was when they were getting in that feud and uh, on their cast trip. So like what happened with Claudia? I thought she was great too. Why didn't they bring her back? You know, what's so funny. So I left the show twice. So I left after season seven and I brought Claudia on season seven. I met Claudia during the hiatus out in Los Angeles. Um, And I was like, Oh honey, you're everything. And talk about organic connections she said, I'm really good friends with Kenya Moore. And I said, mm, let me ask Kenya to confirm this. And I called Kenya. Kenya was like, oh, my gosh, I've known Claudia since we were, like, in our 20s. And, like, we, we talk not every day, but, like, Keep we up. talk often. Yeah. And Claudia's beautiful. And she's smart. She's a comedian. And she stands up for herself. Nene Leakes was so impressed with Claudia during their... Um, ping pong match in Puerto Rico that she said to me and another producer, y'all chose the wrong bitch, Demetria. Um, Claudia is the one. Because Nene, like a Bethany or Kyle Richards, Nene always wanted to make sure Atlanta Housewives was number one. And she always did what was best for the show. So she co-signed Claudia and I think because the fans had a lukewarm response to Claudia, maybe the reason for her demise and not coming back full time, she was asked to come back the next season as a friend of. And Claudia was like, you either have all of me or none of me at all. And she said, I'm not coming back as a friend. I'm just I, I gave too much to the show. And I respected that. And it was a loss. Do you keep in touch with Nini? I mean, one of the things that I sort of worry about is that we'll never get Nini's return on Atlanta. I know there's some law stuff going on that I'm not really privy to all the details of it, but how is she doing? Or can you tell us anything? Yeah, no. Listen, I spoke to her when I spoke. We were texting a few weeks ago and she was in a great place. She was shooting this new um, College Hill reboot on BET, the celebrity edition. Um, and we were texting each other about that. And I was like, you look good, bitch. You know, whatever. And I see, you know, what's going on. And listen, it makes me sad. I haven't reached out to her um, because of that. Because I think it's such a personal matter with everybody involved and it's weird for me because i know everybody involved Mm. and i really am prayerful that it all could be worked out listen i think it's it's super unfortunate it it truly danny makes me sad yeah because um i did an interview two weeks ago and i was like you know i think if you know if nini talks to andy or, or the network it all could be worked out um, and then this happened. I'm like, oh, shit, I guess I was wrong. Um, 
But listen, I, I prayed for all parties involved. It literally makes me sad. Like you, um, I was hoping for a return. I always sort of held out hope that she would come back. And- yeah. We got to take a quick break here. We have plenty more with Carlos King coming right up after the break. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Wherever you listen to Everything Iconic, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you get all new episodes. I also want to encourage you to get my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Available wherever books are sold. There's also an audiobook. I'll put a link in the episode description. Finally, I want to just encourage you to subscribe to the Patreon if you want bonus episodes of Everything Iconic. Currently, I'm recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. I do one bonus episode a month, recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. Just go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get access to those bonus episodes. We'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. You mentioned BET, though, and you produced a show on BET that I loved, Encore. Is Encore coming back? Are we doing Encore season two? You know I loved it. I know, Danny. Um, I saw your tweets, and you love Nivea, and I thank you so much for all the compliments you've given me on that show. Um, I can't say much. I'll just say this, Danny. I'm actually having a conversation today about the show with the network. Okay. Okay. So I'm most curious though, if we bring back, do we bring back the same group? What would you like to see Danny? Tell me, cause you're, you, you, you have a a producer eye. Come on. I mean, not only that, but I also listen to the bird's eye view is like on my top of my spot of my playlist. Like I fucking love it. Um, but with encore, I think there's so many different ways you could go. I mean, I sort of am interested in that group now though. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to see them recording new music and I like their music, but I do like the, I, I think, Here's what I would do. I would keep our same group. What did we end with? How many people were there? Four or five? Or it was four. Four. So I think we keep the four, but then we are trying out because it was meant to be this super group. So maybe we bring in some other new people as well. Does that make sense? I also want to hear. I want to hear the original recordings too. Like I want to hear the cuts with like the other women who were ultimately cut. Do you have those in the vault? And can you email them to me? Yes, I have them in the vault. Uh, I, I have to get permission to email them to you, Danny, but I do have them. I literally have like a um, a drive <laughs> of all the music because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan as well. 
Um, but no, I agree with you about okay. seeing how the group is. Um, would you like to see a mixture of men and women, or would you like to just see a new crop of women? I think a new crop of women. Yeah. Okay. But that's okay. where I always sort of lean. You know, speaking of though that show, I and I had Shamari on everything iconic because I felt like Shamari we got to see a different side of her on Encore that I really loved. And it made me want her back on Atlanta Housewives. Like I, her her season on Atlanta Housewives, she was fine. I didn't think she was super bad for the show or, or great for the show. But she seemed so much more calm, cool, and collected on Encore. And it seemed like maybe she got more comfortable with cameras or, or seeing herself on TV or whatever it was. But I fell in love with Shamari because of Encore. No. So I don't know if people know this. So the Encore is a show that I created um, in 2012, maybe. Shamari was a part of the original cast. Shamari, Keely, Felicia Fallon um, were a part of the original cast in 2012. And you know this being the business, you tape a pilot, the network picks it up or they don't. In this case, they didn't. So I had Shamari before she went on Atlanta Housewives. So I always knew she was a star. And I said this to Shamari um, after her stint on Atlanta Housewives. I said, you weren't yourself. Mm. Um, And I said, it's interesting because you're meant to be on reality TV. But one thing I always tell people, Danny, is the Housewives is, is one machine of many. And in order for you to fit in that machine, you have to be a part of that um, flavor, if you will, in terms of like the look, the style, the 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 camaraderie. Mm. And Shamari wasn't that girl on Atlanta Housewives because that's she wouldn't it's, she would never hang out with those women. Yeah. So on the encore, these were her like real life friends. She 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 loves Nivea. Um, it's music based. This is her world. And you saw somebody wanting to make a difference in terms of like, let's do the music. And she was 100% one of the fan favorites because the Housewives fans saw, like you said, a different side of her. And they were like, oh, you would have been great in Atlanta Housewives. But again, being somebody who produced the show, Shamari never fit on Atlanta Housewives because Mm. that's not her world. Yeah. Well, I encourage, I don't know where people can watch Encore now, but that season, there was like good drama, great music. It was really phenomenal. And I'm so excited that you're coming back, hopefully, ideally. Uh, Yes. Miami Housewives. Okay. You watched the reboot season on Peacock. It was fantastic, right? As a producer, what do you do for season Uh, for the next reboot season? As a producer, do you bring everyone back? It looks like all the people are filming. What do you do, though? First of all, loved the reboot of Miami Housewives. I enjoyed every single episode. And and Danny, I think you will agree with me when I say this. It goes to show you that it doesn't have to be super dramatic in order mm-hmm. for it to be a great season. There weren't any like huge, big, right. dramatic moments, um, but it was fantastic because again, real friendships, real history, Alexia, Larsa Pippen, 
like Marisol, it was it, it was so delicious. And the new women, Dr. Nicole and Gertie, like I love that show. Um, I would definitely keep the same women on for another season because they only scratched the surface in terms of what's really happening in their friendships. And you saw a glimpse of that at the reunion. I want to see Larsa read the girls. That yeah. Oh, moment. yeah, the Versace party. Yeah. You, yeah, that was when uh, we were like, oh, Larsa's got some good stuff in here. Like, we need to stick with Larsa for a minute. Stick with Larsa. She, she's coming out of her shell. Um, I think Alexia is the star of stars. Amazing. Amazing housewife. Oh. I mean, watching her, it was like, that's what a real housewife is. Like, she just was perfect. And I think um, the producers of Miami are purveyors of pop. And they also yes. do Married to Medicine. Yes. Which I always say is the most consistent show on Bravo. Because absolutely, and Married to Medicine doesn't as well doesn't have always like a big kind of trailery moment or a table flip or something like that. But it's consistently always really good, and so uh, I just think they brought that to Miami, where it was like every episode was great, but there wasn't a big thing. But it seemed like very well produced, and it was just an enjoyable show to watch. I loved it. I loved it so much. I miss it. I want more of it. And yeah. and the other thing too, Danny, it was nice to see a new city backdrop. Yeah. You know, it was nice to see new restaurants, new, you know, new spaces to play in. Um, which is why I'm looking forward to Dubai mm-hmm. Housewives Edition. But no, Miami tends across the board, not one bad thing to say about it. Yeah. Uh Salt Lake City, we haven't talked on any of Salt Lake City. You mentioned you would like to see people have to deal with the consequences of their actions when it comes to casting. And I believe that Jenny was let go after they had started filming yes. uh, for the next season. So as a producer, do you keep the Jenny footage in and watch the fallout and break the fourth wall? And we see the cast dealing with this, or do you just scrap that footage and move on? No, we have to see it. If if you're going to allow me to see a physical altercation play out um, the raw footage of it, because it it um, it determines whether or not, you know, these two women who were involved in the fight are telling the truth based on their recollection of the events that took place. Then I want to see the same thing happen when it comes to um, Jenny, for example, um, posting these Facebook messages or, or, or post rather and how the women deal with it. I want to see all of it. You know, yeah. we saw Danny, we saw how the Beverly Hills housewives dealt with the suicide in real, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and it happened in real time, but there was a, a, do you remember this? That one yes. hour special of the women coming together to talk about what happened with um, Russell. May he rest in peace. But you want to see it. If I'm invested in a show, it's like a, a scripted drama. You can't lose Heather Locklear and not expect me to know what happened to her. You know what I mean? Right. I want I want it all. Well, and Carlos, this goes back to what I was saying with my brothers watching Vanderpump Rules. When they got rid of half the cast, my sister-in-laws, my brothers, they were so confused because they had been watching this show forever. And half of the cast that they got to know was suddenly gone. And maybe I'm not 
debating whether or not it was the right thing to get rid of them. I'm just saying it was confusing to most of the viewer. Now we follow social media and and we know the nitty gritty of the casting and social what they're doing off season and all of that stuff. But I think it can be sometimes confusing, and it seems like it's not very consistent. Like Bethany leaves the show and we see the cast react, but then other people leave the show and we don't have any sort of reaction. It's just like, Oh, they're gone. It's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. It's especially when someone was a staple, like, listen, when Peggy left OC, no, one I Peggy, yeah. <laughs> like my girl, but, um, even with Adrian Malouf, um, did not show up to the reunion. There was a conversation as to why you, and you got a chance to understand it. You can't lose someone who was a staple and not explain it and not give the audience a chance to go on this ride. And I think what's happening is, you know, we're missing the true authenticity of storytelling. And to me, that's the essence of why people love reality television, because you want the whole story. Mm -hmm. You want the real story and you want to be able to see it play out in real time. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's understandable the network would want to get rid of someone like Jenny, but but I, I right. would at least like to see how that's happening. Um, yeah, no, and I and I and I'm hopeful that we'll see that because, like you said, they were in the middle of filming, and I do believe that we'll get a chance to see the women talk about it on camera to Jenny's face, and then we'll see what happens after that. Do you bring back Dallas ever for Peacock, or is do you? let Dallas die the death that it died. You know what's so funny? I was asked to hop on and produce season two of Dallas. Oh my God. You said yeah. no? Did you, I, did you think said, about it? Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, I said, I would do it if my production company can produce it. Like, cause I was of course starting the company and producing shows and Bravo said, okay, we don't mind. Bravo's always been like, fine, do it. Um, but it didn't work out, unfortunately, because of the person who actually produces the show was sort of like, this is my show. Um, so I say that to say, I re- remember watching season one of Dallas and was like, mm, it has potential. It's not great, but it's not awful. It has potential. And then I thought like, if I came in to produce season two, I would have wanted to open up the world more to what Dallas really represents, which is diversity. Not so much about the charity aspect of it, but like real diverse women who are friends and and how to navigate through that, you know, Southern region. But um, I thought season two was great. I thought wow, season so. three was great. I thought Cam and DeAndre were great additions to the show. Um, I think what happened was Dallas lost its momentum when Leanne Locken was fired from the show because she was truly the force multiplier on Dallas. And without her, and this is no disrespect to Deandra, who I think is a great reality star, um, Deandra is not the queen bee that she may think she is. And I always tell these housewives, and I told this to Dr. Heavenly about Maritime Medicine. I said, Maritime Medicine works because all of you guys play in the sandbox and know your role. Mm. And I said, the destruction of a show is when you try to get rid of the person who truly is the essence of the ensemble um, because Mm. your ego got involved and you think you can do it on your own and it doesn't work out that way. 
Now, your production company hasn't done a full season of Housewives, though, but but we need it. No. And would you do? You would do it, though. I think you mentioned on your show you would like to take the reins of one of the New York Housewives, right? Yeah, no. My production company has not produced a real Housewives show. Um, I do think it's time for a Black-owned production company to have a Real Housewives, especially one where the owner of the company produced nine seasons of Atlanta, the glory years, and did two seasons of New Jersey. Um, I, I know the franchise. I I helped um, Atlanta become the hit that it is when I started being the showrunner season six, which is the best season and the highest rated season. So... I would love to. Was take that, that the por- was that the first Portia Kenya season yet? Yeah. No, 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 no. Or it this- was that was season five. This okay, the next this- one. Okay. Season six was like Nini's pillow talk event. Ugh. Um, remember, um, Kenya had the masquerade party that Nini didn't realize she was being honored. Like, oh my god! And then Mama Joyce came out of nowhere and started to read Todd. Uh, yeah, and Phaedra and Apollo enough said. So it Wait, was you- like. What do you think of the, I'm keep interrupting you because I get so many questions. Would do you, what do you make of the Phaedra of it all? Like, is it, do you draw a hard line and say, no, we don't bring Phaedra back ever? Or do you? No, no listen, I, I, what's interesting is I understand all parties involved. I, 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 I understand when people say like, no, that she went too far. Like you, you don't say that. Um, but I also understand people who are like, well, can we at least see a conversation about it and then see what unravels from the conversation? Um, so I see both sides, honestly, because again, we talked about how when you lose someone from the show who was a staple with no explanation in terms of what happened on the show, it, it confuses the audience and it, it, it loses the intention of this being real. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, Break the fourth wall if you have to, but let's see the conversation. Let's understand more about the, the, the decision behind, I don't want to film with this person. Let's see that happen on the show and mm-hmm. not in these interviews. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Like, I don't want to hear about it in an interview with Us Weekly magazine. Mm-hmm. I want to see it play out on the show. Break the fourth wall if you must. Have the girls talk about it with each other. I want to see a scene where Phaedra talks about it to people she knows. Like, even if they're not mm-hmm. in the same room together, why can't we cover both sides of the conversation mm-hmm. only because you want to be able to, to understand it? Yeah, or or having the cast sit down and say, and, and talk about whether or not there's a place for her on the show. That would be really interesting to just have that. Yes. Even if she's, even if Phaedra's not involved in that, saying that. Um, okay, so Kingdom Reign Entertainment, let's say you get the keys to do any city. Would you want to produce one of the already cities that are going on? Or would you go to a new city? What would That's you do? a good question. I Listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Danny. I'm open to both. You yeah. know, I, again, when I was asked to come in and help out Dallas, I said, absolutely. Because my thing was, I love Bravo. Bravo yeah. gave me my start in reality television. I, I love that network. Um, I'll do anything for them. So it was a no-brainer when they called me and they said, we think you can really make this show great. And I said, well, you guys helped my career. Um, I would love to do it. So I, I, I don't mind doing it with an established cast. 
but obviously, a brand new city. Listen, it's always fun to work with a brand new cast yeah. because there's nothing. And Danny, you know this. There's nothing like the season one Housewives. It's 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 the the innocence mm-hmm. is 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 what's entertaining about them. Um, so having a new city would would obviously be more enticing. Will Kim Zolciak ever come back? Should she ever come back? Kim made it on my top 10 greatest housewives of all time list because she is iconic. Cigarette smoking, red solo cup drinking, music career. The music career. Star. I mean, it was just, whoa, you whoa, know, whoa. Like, <laughs> and- uh, Carlos, there's nothing better than Nini reacting to Kim singing. Like there, that to me is like, that's what we're here for. It, there's nothing That's, better. Yes, it, it was. Oh, oh, do you remember season one when Nene heard the song for the first time and they were in um, Kim's little in like, car. no, they, remember they were, they were like in Nene, uh, Kim's hallway because she lived in a townhouse. Oh so she had God. a small hallway where she had a record player. This is so 2008. And Nene was like, wait, what? What is this? And she was playing the country song that Candy turned into a pop song, Don't Be Tardy. Uh, but I miss those days. And I, yeah. and I think Kim is such an iconic housewife that I would love to see her back on television, especially on Atlanta, because she's so great. I think Kim is, is iconic. You know, I really miss those on-the-fly confessionals, too, that you guys used to do. Or it's like, I, I really want someone to bring those back, even if it's just like a little once or twice kind of thing. But... W- what I mean is like when the people would be in a scene and then the producers, you guys would pull aside Kim Zolciak and ask her about what was happening behind her. It's like, I miss in real that. time, real time, just with the cigarette, the real em- <laughs> with the cigarette, you get the real emotion. Cause what happens is when you do the sit down confessionals, it's sometimes weeks or months after the fact, and it's hard to put them back into that hit space but honey, when you pull them out the scene and say, talk about it now, they're fired up. They're reacting to it. I miss those days, too. Again, it's the authenticity of this genre where it doesn't have to be this pretty backdrop with the lighting and the great yeah. makeup. No. One thing you and I both know, Danny, the audience doesn't give a shit. Right. The bells and whistles that. aren't the aren't what we're interested in. No. I mean, it can add to the show sometimes, but. Yeah. Um, wait, okay. Now I'm just thinking th- there's this moment in season two, cause I've been rewatching season two of Atlanta and Dwight, who was a star, he's doing a confessional sideways laying down. And so were you there for that? And did like, was that a producer or was Dwight like, Oh, let me like lay down. Like how no. did, what happened there? <laughs> it was a director. So <clears throat> when you are a producer and it's time to do an OTF, it's called on the fly interview. Um, you do it in the actual space in which you're filming. So at that time, we were filming in Dwight's establishment, his hair salon um, in Atlanta. And it's a producer and a director saying like, okay, what can we do this OTF? Um, and once you figure out the backdrop, you sort of figure out what it could be. So that was a conversation between a producer and a director saying, well, it's Dwight. He's over the top. His, his OTF should be over the top. And Dwight was just in for it. Like, 
let's see how it look if you just laid across this table with a drink in your hand. And he <laughs> did it without thinking. And when you saw it, it was like, this is the show. And uh, I'm getting goosebumps because I miss those early days of producing when you were able to just make up fun on the fly moments like that, that you can watch 12 years later and still remember that moment. And that's what I want to contribute to reality TV. I want people to watch my shows 20 years later and say, that was a moment to remember. I love that. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Carlos, I've been keeping you too long. I want to do a little lightning round with you real quick. Go ahead. Uh, Best housewife trip. Savannah, Atlanta, housewife, season six. Most underrated housewife. Claudia Jordan. Best housewife spinoff. Candy's wedding. Which housewife should be spinoff that hasn't been already? Teresa Judice. Uh, was speaking of, speaking of Teresa was Melissa shady in the way she joined the show <laughs> you were there you were there Carlos uh, I, I, I was there so I left after season two Melissa joined season three what I will share with you is Teresa called me to tell me that she just learned from the producers that Melissa was joining the show so what I will say, based on what I was told, Teresa did not find out Melissa was a cast member until the producers called her. Okay. So, so Melissa never told her. Melissa never told her. Um, the best house husband for TV. Everyone always asks the hottest, but who's the best for TV? Peter Thomas. Um, interesting. Um, ultimate girls trip. Is this a new era or the beginning of the end? I think a new era. I think a new era. 
Uh, I ask all my guests these next two questions. Favorite Mariah Carey song? And if you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? Okay. Best Mariah Carey song is, to me, will always be Vision of Love. Her first. Her her first and the vocals and the range. Incredible. The innocence. It's like a season one housewife. Like the innocence of the vocals and the range is uncredited. It's special. It's it's magic. Um, if I had to vote somebody for People's Sexiest Man Alive, I would choose Jeremy Pope. Oh, interesting. I like that answer, Carlos. Okay, uh, tell us about your shows, your company. What tell people where they can find you, where they can find the podcast, all of that good stuff. We everyone has to listen to the podcast. We got to tune into your late night show on OWN, which I'm so excited. Is it going to be? What's the vibe of it going to be? Have you tell mm-hmm. us about? I can all tell you. That. Yeah, so I have a new late night show coming on the Oprah Winfrey Network starting Saturday, May 14th at 10 o'clock. It's called the Nightcap with Carlos King, and it's the vibe is like an after party. It's like being invited to an, to an exclusive after party where you get to see your favorite reality stars and celebrities come in, talk shit, have fun. We're standing on our feet. It's, mm. it's a party vibe because if I want you to stay home on a Saturday night to watch my show, consider this the pregame. Oh, I like that. So then I like I love standing on the feet because everyone's going to be energetic. It's going to be way a different vibe because sitting down, people get too relaxed, too comfortable. That's going to add some energy to this. I'm excited. Danny, you're so smart. Okay, The podcast, yeah. tell people about the podcast and anything else. Yes. But my podcast is called reality with the King It's available wherever you get your podcast. I interview my friends in reality television from housewives to other reality stars on Bravo and other networks. And the beauty of this podcast is you get an inside scoop from an executive producer who's still producing reality television. And I give you guys a behind the scenes tea with my guests on the shows we worked on together. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Carlos King underscore. And last but not least, my production company is called Kingdom Rain Entertainment. We have a new show called Love and Marriage DC starring Monique Samuels from the Potomac Housewives that comes on Saturday, May 14th at 9 o'clock p.m. And it is a juicy show. I can't wait to watch. And I do quickly have to mention, you interviewed Tamara Judge from Orange County, and she was a housewife that I felt like it was her time to go. And then I quickly realized that the show sort of needs her, I think. I think she belongs on the show. I, I think... She, they you, need you her. saw what happens when she's not on it and it's, it is not good. Yeah. Carlos, I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was so fun and love I you, can't Danny. wait to check out all that stuff and, and keep listening to your podcast. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, my love. 